Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Hello, fellow explorers of the inner realms. Good to have you back, Awareness Explorers. And I, of course, am Jonathan Robinson. I'm with my trusty sidekick, Brian Tom O'Connor. And we are exploring a subject that unfortunately has been dear to our hearts at times in our life, and that is depression. Right. But we are going to bring curiosity, levity, and hopefully insight to this subject, which is really an epidemic in the world nowadays. Uh, something like one in five Americans experience clinical depression sometime in their life, which is pretty serious depression. And I know, Brian, that you experienced depression at some point in your life, as did I. And in fact, it was a little bit of a, a fire under your butt in terms of uh, getting into the spiritual search, if I know correctly. Oh, that's absolutely true. My entire spiritual search was fueled by the desire to not be depressed anymore. Um, so it was really looking for an answer, looking for a solution to that, that, uh, that led me to stumble upon non-dual spirituality in particular. And what I find interesting about your story is that, you know, you tried a lot of, a lot of things, you know, positive psychology, self-help, but it was really the non-dual teachings that we kind of talk about in this podcast and the methods that actually lifted you out of that experience. Is, is that correct? Yes, that, that is correct. And, uh, but it isn't that regular psychotherapy was of no value. It certainly was. I mean, it really did take the edge off and release a lot of the steam of the pent-up emotions. So that, you know, years of therapy were, I think, instrumental. It's just that it kept recurring. So in other words, the therapy was sort of like prevented me from just going ahead and killing myself, but it didn't prevent the depression from coming back. And when I discovered practices that had to do with self-inquiry and awareness of awareness, I found a way to contact an inner joy that cleared the depression out. And with practice, it just got less and less and less, and it became something that maybe occasionally I might have for an hour or two every, every few months. And that's wow. about it. That's quite a difference. Yeah, I want to clarify for our um, listeners. First of all, I'm a psychotherapist that has studied depression quite a bit. I even have a full program that I will offer to awareness explorers for free. It's usually like 150 bucks. But if you're suffering from depression, you might find it very useful. A program called From Sad to Glad that I did with a famous psychiatrist. And as I said, I offer it to our listeners for free at from sad, the number two, 
glad.com. And if you go there and you suffer depression or you know somebody that does, uh, just go there and there's a thing in the menu bar that says listen to the full program and you're welcome to listen to it. It's about six hours of what has been shown to be the most effective ways of overcoming depression using various techniques and ideas. But um, what I want to mention is that really there's different types of depression and they have to be handled in different ways. But one type of depression is particularly effective in being, quote, treated by some of the methods that we talk about. But, you know, if a person has a serious chemical imbalance in their brain, you know, medicine is useful. Uh, if somebody has a friend that died or, or a relationship that broke up and they're suffering from grief, well, you know, it's useful to experience grief. But a lot of depression really has different things leading to it, maybe a lack of meaning or purpose or hope, or some psychotherapists say it's anger turned inward. There's all kinds of theories. And people who are having midlife crises might experience depression or just a sense of what's the purpose of it all. I think those types of depressions are very much impacted by a lot of the methods we talk about here on Awareness Explorers. I'm wondering if you agree with or disagree with all that I just stated. <laughs> I pretty much agree with all that you just stated, and I'm, I'm glad. You are so you... smart. <laughs> I am smart. I, I know a good thing when I hear it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad to mention that you are a mental health professional because I'm not. And uh, I can only talk about my experience and what worked and know that that's probably only talking about one particular type of depression, although I believe it's probably the most common type of depression. But if you are suffering from mental health issues, please do not hesitate to contact a mental health professional. And really, we need all the help we can get. So avail yourself of it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, depression is has increased by 500% in the last 50 years. Wow. And I think a lot of that reason doesn't mean that more people are having grief reactions or mental health issues. I think it's due to the fact that more people do not feel in touch with a sense of purpose and meaning because our culture, our culture does not promote that, promotes consumerism and distraction. And, you know, two people who are very famous for having experienced severe depression were Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie, who are now probably the two most famous non-dual teachers in the world. That's right. And it was, it was in dealing with their depression that they awakened. So who knows, listeners, if you're feeling depressed, you might be an inch away from from being the next spiritual teacher, you know, you, you, you just never know. That's right, you never know. But I have a, a, a thought about depression um, and an observation. A, a lot of people talk about depression as if it is an emotion. Uh, in other words, there's anger, there's sadness, there's depression. And 
in my experience, depression isn't actually a separate emotion. Depression is a strategy that we employ to prevent emotion. In other words, if there's anger or sadness or grief or whatever so-called negative emotion that we may not want, um, we, we kind of clamp down on all of our natural expressions in life. We, we, uh, we flatten ourselves and remove ourselves from a, a full participation in life in order to keep these unwanted feelings from arising. But the problem is that the emotions simply go underground and they spin around and they gain energy and it becomes a kind of a vicious circle. Emotion pokes its head out. We push it down by whatever means necessary. The, mo the emotion goes underground where it gains energy. And then the increased energy of the emotion causes us to clamp down even further and avoid life and avoid full expression. So it just is, it's, it's, it really becomes a, a vicious circle, but it's about not having emotions because we're, we're afraid of the, the strength of our, of our anger, of our fear, of our sadness, of our sense of abandonment, um, our vulnerability. And which is why the key really is to find a way to allow yourself to have the emotions so that they're not spinning around inside and gaining energy. They, they come, you have them, you allow them, you feel them, and, and they can move out and move through you. Yeah, I pretty much agree with what you said. And, you know, bringing awareness into this picture, emotions, especially as a child, or when they are intensely negative, like, you know, a relationship ends, are really hard to digest yeah. because we don't like to experience intense uncomfortableness or negative emotions. Right. So we do form these protective strategies. Now, when people have access to awareness or, you know, call it awareness of awareness, that makes everything more tolerable because then you're not experiencing a tidal wave of endless tsunamis hitting you. You experience things moment to moment. And in a moment, you can, you, you know, we can handle almost anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it's our stories that things are going to last forever and it's hopeless. And um, if I open up to this, I'll be overwhelmed for, you know, a, a very long time that gets us to shut down. So awareness can help put you into the flow of moment to moment experience. And there's the old saying, what you resist persists, which is what often happens when we're resisting life. And awareness opens up the possibility of, of fully embracing and digesting life, but not getting stuck in a story. So things tend to move through you a little bit like Chinese food. <laughs> that's true, although I don't know if that's really true about Chinese food. Um, however, I understand the, the analogy. Um, and it's very true what you say about the story, because it really is the story, that verbal voice in our head that, that helps to keep the, 
the the feeling going or or keep in this case the depression the clamping down the prevention of emotion i do not want to feel this i should not feel this it keeps it going and the other thing about awareness that allows us to have our emotions is that awareness isn't necessarily something we do it's something that's already here in fact it's it's basically something that we are it is experiencing itself. It's not the experience. And we see emotion as an experience, but where does that experience appear? To what does it appear? What does it appear in? And is there something that is already allowing all experience to be? And that's awareness. Pure awareness, pure subjectivity is not picking and choosing and saying, I want this to happen. I do not want that to happen. All experience simply appears in it, which means there's something that's already there, that's a part of you that is already okay with what's happening. And when you focus on that instead of the specific content, particularly the verbal story, then something eases, something starts to relax, something says, okay, I can connect with this allowing feeling, and then the emotions can come and and leave so that there's a constant flow yeah yeah we need to be in that flow because depression is like a stuck energy you yes. know uh, an analogy i use is you know depression can be like uh being crawled up in a fetal position and having a black umbrella cover you entirely <laughs> you know nothing goes in nothing goes out yes. and and moments of awareness are like little holes in that umbrella where you see it's not a hopeless black thing. It's light is coming through in moments. And, and those moments of awareness or presence of just being fully with what is without resistance allows the light through. And if you get enough light coming through, the, aware, uh, the depression or the story about the depression dissipates and you're just in the moment. And in the moment, you know, you're happy, you're sad, you're excited, you're bored. Uh, it's very much always moving. Oh, yes, that's so true uh, and, and very well put. And, uh, and the other thing about awareness is that the the emotion or the or the feeling of depression or whatever unwanted condition whether it be an emotional state or a, a, a state of depression or tension wants you to give it all its attention it says pay attention to me this is wrong you've got to focus on it and what it does is it it becomes everything in your field of vision in your in inner field um but it's not the only thing that's there I mean, awareness includes or is aware of everything that happens, all your body sensations, um, every sight and sound that you hear. There's so much more in awareness other than that nagging, pay attention to me feeling. I'm the only thing that matters. And when we start to look at awareness itself, as apart from the content, we see that it's spacious, it's roomy, it's huge. And that feeling that we don't want 
becomes smaller in proportion to everything that's present. Well said. We're like poets. We, we're, we're like a group poet society here, you and I. We, we inspire a little uh, of our wisdom, which is a wonderful thing, is, is talking about these things or listening to them. You know, things, when you say something that resonates with me, it resonates because I go, yeah, that's true. And, and hearing truth or reading truth is one way to get some of that awareness in, which is one of the values of our podcast and one of the values of our connecting and one of the values of listening to other people talking about these things mm -hmm. and feeding ourselves this experience of, of realizing there's something outside our limiting stories. You know, and, right. and as you said, we get really stuck in these stories and one technique I've used sometimes when I'm feeling really depressed or self-pity or whatever, which happens occasionally, is I simply say to myself, I'm telling myself the story that blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, we record these uh, sessions usually two weeks to a month before we air them. So right now there's, you know, the coronavirus, there's the stock market collapsing, there's all the things going on as there always is and if you get fixated on it it's like oh i'm telling my story myself the story that you know the economy is going to go into recession now we never know the future but when we don't have any space between the story and who we think we are we become the story so the story might not be true. The story, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the future economically, nor does anyone else. But if I get lost in that story, I can feel depressed. And then, you know, that takes over. But if I realize it is a story by saying, oh, I'm telling myself the story that we're headed to hard times. Then I realize that there's some distance between me and that experience, and it makes it so that I'm not as likely to get buried by all the ridiculous mind thoughts that my mind seems to be able to create. Yeah, and many people say that um, if the story is making you feel bad, that's probably a pretty good indication that it isn't true. Right. You know, and that's Byron Katie's first question. Yeah, right. when you have a story, is it true? And you know, I use that. I don't always go through her four questions. I I just go through the first one. Is it true? And probably about eighty percent of the time, I go, nah. <laughs> or I have no idea. You know, in this mm -hmm. case, right? Um, and that can kind of short circuit that whole downward spiral mm. that can happen when life, you know, is not going the way you want. Right. It really can. And uh, I, I remember in, in, in my case, I, you know, I, there was this intense anger that, that hit around my preteen and teen years that, that just came in and I was just angry at everything and everybody and I was yelling. And then, you know, of course, my parents and people around me said, no, you, you, you can't you know, you just can't live that life. You're just too angry. You've got to control your temper. And so I said, okay, all right. And I just clamped everything down. But the problem is it doesn't, it doesn't just go away because we don't want it there. 
it, 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 it sticks around and it, and it, and it becomes this mm -hmm. little whirlpool or this little eddy that, that, that goes around. So it actually took a long, long time to, um, to access it, to admit I'm angry, to, to allow it out. But there's one, I think, confusion that some people make about emotions, particularly anger, but about a lot of other so-called negative emotions, is that the only choice is either to suppress it or to express it. So that means, mm -hmm. it, so we know suppressing anger is unhealthy. True. So therefore, we have to express it. So I went through a period where every time I was angry about anything, I told everybody. And I expressed it, and I expressed my anger. And, and this became actually really hurtful to a lot of people until I discovered that no, it's not, those are not the only choices, suppressing and expressing. You can actually simply allow it to be there. You can notice it. You can acknowledge it. You can say, there it is. This is what I feel. And then you can get curious about it because all emotions actually are chemical things that are happening in the body. So really the key is to notice where you feel it in the body and just try and be okay with it. It doesn't mean you have to tell people off. It means you have to stop the clutching against it, stop the inner tension that prevents it from happening and just be okay with it. And it takes time. It takes practice. It's not all happens at once, but pretty soon you can let things come and let things go. Yeah, I wish they taught this stuff in grade school. You know, the ability <laughs> to be with emotions fully, negative or positive, yeah. and uh, not distract yourself, not do all the things that blame, do all the things that people do that can be harmful when dealing with negative emotions. Um, and the experience of just being aware and being depressed at the same time or being aware and being angry or whatever it is, mm -hmm. is a relatively new experience for me. And one that uh, has really been an exploration to, to have that happen, which, it, you know, of course, it does happen. And I noticed that a lot of people as a psychotherapist that I see, when they're depressed, they have no hope. Mm. You know, we normally think that, you know, life is going to be fine or something and depressed people often are seeing real stuff, for example, that, you know, uh, real problems like our political situation or global warming or name your problem, or that they might see something that is disturbing to them psychologically, like people are out for themselves. These are things that are real, you know, and and we normally have a way of shellacking over that. But when people have some insights into how mechanical life can be, that often can lead to a depression and a lack of meaning. And I find that the idea that any moment you can tap into this wellspring of joy and love and peace by being aware of awareness using the various methods we talk about, the various meditations we talk about, can give people a new sense of hope, a hope that 
is based on something real versus I can't wait till I, I win the lottery, which is a pretty hopeless endeavor. That's beautiful. I really resonate with that so much. Because hope and happiness and joy and peace, they're not out there. They're not to be found in politics, in the world experience, in other people, in relationships, or even in your own accomplishments. Of course, there is joy and satisfaction to be had in doing something you're really good at and that it's in your nature to do. There's no question about that. And we're not denying that. But that comes naturally when your focus shifts from trying to manipulate experience to be the way you want it and shifts instead to the background of experience, what is aware, the, 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 the ground of being in which all experience appears. And you're right. When you know, when you know that that's there and with a little practice, you know, at the drop of a hat, you can drop into it and you can be that knowingly. It does give you hope because you can go out into the world and, and participate in the world knowing that in your back pocket, you got a tool that's, that's going to feel good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and along with the feeling good, it, gives you an immediate sense of meaning yeah because right. you feel that you're part of something much bigger than your ego that has a purpose or a a intelligence to it that in those moments you know that you are are serving something bigger than yourself yeah that's so true and i'm really glad you brought that up because Looking at awareness and being aware of awareness and knowing yourself as awareness is actually the first step. It's the inward-facing path. But then when you turn around and look at the world from awareness, when you do that often enough, you start to realize that everything is made of awareness and that the same awareness that's looking out through these eyes is what's looking out through your eyes so that there's a there's there's a connection with the entire world we you start to sense that we really are all one and if that doesn't give meaning to life i, I don't know what what would yeah you know it's funny as a psychotherapist i'm often in the position i get a lot of people who are depressed or having a midlife crisis or you know, the, the, the toys of life and the nature of modern day life, meaninglessness that it can have, um, brings them to me. And <laughs> my perspective is always congratulations that you made it here. You know, a lot of people, they never get to that place. They're, they're always distracted until the day they die and getting to a place where you feel like there's needs to be something more than just TV, money, and, you know, all those things that we're told will make us happy is an accomplishment. So it's funny, they're depressed and they're telling me you know, how horrible it is. And I'm thinking, wow, congratulations, you're, you're now made it to phase two of your life. And it just strikes me as a, a different reality when you start to see that the goal of life is not to have constant distraction and numb yourself from 
potential pain. The real goal of life is to, whatever you want to call it, from know God to know yourself to know your true nature. So anything that helps you along that line, I'm sure Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie did not like their depression. But no. looking back, <laughs> looking back, they say, you know, would say, wow, that was the best day of my life when I was, you know, hit bottom. That's right. That's right. And and it shifts our our way of looking at adversity. In other words, let's say something happens that that we don't like either either a, an occurrence in the world or an emotion that we're having and we don't want it. Usually our strategy is to find a way to get rid of it, to find a way to fix it, to find a way to change it. But gradually a shift happens where you see this is like a little calling card from awareness. It's a little announcement. It's a little reminder. It's saying, come to me. Don't go out there to fix it. Come to me. Come to awareness. Come to your true nature. Come to that spacious, open thing. So that when you when you feel bad, after a while, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to fix it, it's like a little reminder. What is this appearing in? And It's the, your alarm clock. Yes, it's your alarm clock. And yes, I admit that maybe the first time you try it, it might not. But if you do it often enough and you just sort of say, okay, I'm just for just for two minutes, I'm going to be okay with whatever is happening, including my emotions, and then shift your attention to the background of experience. You do that often enough and you start to get the hang of it and it becomes a really handy technique that 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 you have a, a rolls-royce technique that's just that works that's there yeah i do want to just reiterate that there's different types of depression and different tools are needed for different people and mm -hmm. um if you or somebody you know suffers from depression i have a six-hour program that gives the best techniques according to clinical research for overcoming it it's called uh from sad to glad how to overcome anxiety depression and feel happy again it's offered for free uh to awareness explorers it's normally 150 bucks but um it's at www.fromsad the number 2 glad from sad to glad.com and you know i think also our meditations which i've been using lately and i think wow this is great stuff for free, if I say so myself, which evidently I do. And, you know, there really can be really great ways to point you back to that space of, of freedom. And I hear that you have a meditation for emotions that you're going to share with us. <laughs> That's right. I do. Absolutely. Um, shall I just dive into it now? Sure thing. Okay. So this is called Two Methods for Emotions. Since depression is the strategy to clamp down emotions we don't want to have, the best approach is to practice actually having the emotions instead of finding ways to tamp them down and bury them under the surface. In this meditation, I'm going to guide you through two different techniques for emotions, one longer and one shorter. The first one deals with negative emotion in depth. The second is a handy tool to use when you don't have time for the in-depth approach. 
The first meditation is based on a meditation from Adya Shanti, and to quote Adya, if you're trying to be free of an emotion, then you are standing in opposition to it. You're trying to control it. Instead, what we're looking at is how to free a negative emotion itself, how to grant that emotion freedom for its own well-being and your own. End quote. In the first meditation, you can start with relatively less painful emotions, and as you practice it on your own, gradually work towards the more overwhelming feelings in your life. Take a couple of easy, deep breaths and relax your body. See if you can bring to mind a negative emotion that's common for you. Or if you're feeling something you don't like to feel right now, focus on that. Is there a story going on in your head about this feeling? Perhaps a story about what someone should or should not have done, or about how you wish you had behaved differently in some situation? Is there a story going on in your head about this feeling? Perhaps a story about what someone should or should not have done, or about how you wish you had behaved differently in some situation. Focus on that mental story for a bit, and see if that brings the emotion vividly to the foreground. Notice how the words in your head can intensify any emotion. Now, see if you can feel the energy of the emotion as fully as possible. Where do you feel it in your body? Just for now, see if you can allow yourself to feel the emotion as strongly as you feel safe to do so. No more. As you allow the sensations of the emotion to be here, gradually turn your attention away from the story about the emotion and towards the pure physical sensations themselves. See that, without the storyline, feelings are actually just sensations in your body. See if you can wordlessly notice whatever is happening in your body. What is present other than the words in your head? No words, just sensations. Become intimate with the energy of the feelings in your body. Now ask yourself, what emotion or energy is deeper than this? Keep asking as you allow yourself to feel each deeper layer of energy in your body. 
Now simply relax into simple awareness by shifting your attention away from the content of whatever you are experiencing and asking, to what does my experience appear? Notice the clear, open, allowing, spacious field in which all of your experience appears. So we're bringing our emotions to awareness, and as we do, the veil of emotions become more and more transparent, revealing the loving, peaceful nature of awareness itself, as it is now and as it has always been. And now for the second method. This is useful when a feeling comes up that you normally would want to get rid of, but you don't have time for the in-depth method. In other words, keep this in your toolbox and pull it out whenever you need it. It takes seconds, and no one needs to know that you're doing it. It's called Inhale the Emotion. In this simple game, you don't have to get rid of an emotion, and you don't have to accept it either. You don't have to allow it, and you don't have to transform it. You don't even have to convince yourself that it's okay if it never goes away. It's so much simpler than all of that. You simply have to inhale it. So, when you feel an emotion, do this. Notice the emotion. Inhale the emotion. Repeat as needed. You don't even have to worry about exhaling the emotion, because that might feel like you're trying to get rid of it. In this game, you're not trying to get rid of it. You're not trying to do anything with it other than inhale it. Draw it into you. Simple as that. Inhale the emotion. Now, take a few easy deep breaths, and at your own pace, open your eyes. That was wonderful. It's, uh, it's one of the things I often do when clients come to me in therapy. Yes? To separate one story from the actual sensations of the feelings. Yes, that's so key. I love the simplicity of inhale the emotion. I haven't heard you do that game, and it really uh, was rather profound for me. Uh, so, so thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to make a lot of inhalations this next week. I promise <laughs> that. That's my vow. Good. Good. Well, you haven't heard it from me because I just made it up this past week. And it ah. just occurred to me, it just popped into my head, wait a minute. Here I am, that you know, something was going on and there was some conflict going on in my life and I was feeling, you know, not optimal. And, yeah. and I just wanted something and I realized 
I don't have to go through this whole rigmarole of saying, okay, what if I always felt this way for the rest of my life? Would that be okay? Because I knew my mind would argue with that. Yeah. And so I just said, okay, mind, you can say whatever you want. All I'm going to do is bring the emotion closer to me. And the easiest way to do it, I discovered, is just as simply with the image that you're inhaling it. Yeah, I kind of, uh, I was at a winery a, a couple days ago, and, you know, some people, the way they, they drink wine, it's kind of ritualistic, and the bouquet, and the overtones, and, the, you know, mm -hmm. and inhale the bouquet, and I was kind of picturing that the emotion was kind of like the wine that I was drinking, and, <laughs> oh, yes, uh, a, a little sad overtone with a little bit of uh, sweetness in the something or other. I, I know nothing about wine. I love that uh, that image. That's a great. Yeah. Uh, I once heard a wine commercial on the radio. It said, "Shy yet uninhibited," as a description of for a wine. And a that's yeah. so funny. But how could it be both shy and uninhibited? <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I'll try it. It might be interesting to describe the the texture of certain inhalations of emotions as if yes. they were fine wines. Mm. A hint of oak and cherry. Yes, yes. So feel free to share this stuff with friends and family. A lot of people are having a hard time out there, and this offers hope, and it offers it for free. Of course, sometimes people don't um, value things that they get for free. So feel free to hit our donate button to help us pay for all the technological web stuff that we have to do for this podcast. And, and check out the different meditations and subscribe and all the things we often say. And anything you want to add, Brian? I think that about covers it. Okay. But more important than anything, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And we'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.